All right, welcome back, everyone. So we're a couple days removed from the season opener tournament in Spruce Grove. So how did I do in uh, my doubles with Cam? How did Irene and Mai do? How did Irene do in her singles? And how did me and Irene do in our mix? All that coming up on this episode. We're also going to cover the, uh, I guess, paddle tapping controversy that came up over the past week in the uh, Pro Pickleball League, just because I find this one interesting. And then we'll finish off the episode with a quick update on uh, what's happening with me and Irene in the CNPL. All right, episode seven, Pickleball Diaries. Here we go. Oh, what a shot. Everybody, we're here at Spruce Grove at the Parkland Picklehead season opener. It's day one, so Irene's got skinny singles. I got men's doubles. So take a look at the games coming up, and I'll update you further. Here we go. All right. Well, Irene's skinny singles are done. This. Uh, is a new thing for her, but she uh, did not place on the podium today. Uh, it was skinny singles. This is the first time she's ever played that. So for those of you who don't know what skinny singles is, um, you're only using half the court during each rally instead of the full court, which Irene really excels at in regular singles. So it was a bit of a learning experience, um, but we'll cover more on uh, that on the full day review later on. But uh, so I got my men's doubles 4.0 coming up with my partner, Cam. So we'll update you uh, how we're doing about midway through that. All right, stay tuned. Head out. Beautiful shot. All right, we're heading into the medal round now for our men's 4.0. Me and Cam have kind of had an up and down day. Uh, played really good. Our, well, our first match was going really well, but then our opponent had an injury which took them out of the tournament. Uh, we were up 6-2 when the injury happened, and I felt like we were rolling pretty well. After that, we played the two teams that are going to be heading to the uh, the gold medal game. Um, the first game, we kind of laid a dud. Uh, we lost like 15-4 to or something like that. We didn't play very well. We missed some easy shots. We had some putaways that we put deep or put into the net. And then our second game, uh, we played the, 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 the other team going for the gold, and it was a really, really tight game. Uh, really, really good rallies. Um, I thought we played really, really well. We really started sinking in that game. Uh, we ended up losing that one 15 to 12. Um, we were doing round robin uh, single games to 15 for placement. And then what is going to happen is first and second go for gold, third and fourth play for bronze. So we finished uh, the uh, afternoon in third. So we're going to be playing the fourth place team, which in when we played them in the round robin, we handled pretty well. So hopefully we can... Uh, play another good game and uh, come out with uh, a podium finish with the bronze. All right, stay tuned for the end of the day recap and uh, we'll see what happens. All right, so we've come to the end of day one. So we'll start off with the good news. So me and Cam managed to pull it out. We got bronze in the men's 4.0 doubles. We uh, 
really clicked our uh, last couple of games there and we were flowing really well. So we managed to uh, pull out a 15 to, I think it was four or five win in the bronze medal game. Uh, we really started finding our, um, our footing together once uh, we got about three quarters of the way through versus the team that got ended up getting silver. Now, unfortunately we didn't win that match. It was a little bit too late. We lost that one 15, 12, but yeah, about three quarters of the way through that match, we really found our footing. Um, up until then, we were kind of not quite in sync, like um, weren't really flowing yet. And that tends to happen when you don't play with each other all the time. Like I live five hours away from where Cam lives, so not, it's not like we get to practice together a lot. So it took about two and a half games to really start finding our foot. And then after that, we started flowing really well, reading off each other, making really good shots. So, hey, it's awesome. 4.0, our first... Um, our first tournament playing that, so we got a podium, got a medal out of it, so that was sweet. Um, as for Irene's uh, skinny single, so to break it down, for those of you who don't know what skinny singles is, skinny singles only uses half of the half of the uh, court at a time, um, unlike regular singles where it uses the full pickleball court. So just think, you can use tennis as the example where it's one versus one with using the full court. Skinnies, you're either hitting to each other on a diagonal angle or straight on using only one half of the court so for example if i'm serving from the right side of the court and my opponent's on the left i can only hit it to the left hand side of the court they can only hit it to my side of the court on the right hand side so if i hit straight on or they hit straight on to themselves it's considered out of bounds once one of us scores a point you actually line up straight on with each other and same thing you're going straight on hitting it hitting it directly with each other so the big thing with skinnies is it really takes away any any really athletic advantage that a player might have or if a player is a really big power hitter in singles because it's a lot more precision shots, it's a lot more patience and stuff like that. So it's really good for if you're working on like your dinking game and stuff like that for mixed. Uh, for me personally, I'm not a big fan of it for me to play now. I can see a spot for this in like the 55 plus games um, that Alberta puts on. I know um, other parts of Canada also put on 55 plus games and I know there's pickleball in that. But for me personally, I like being able to use the full um, length of the court. I like doing my angle shots. I like putting extra spin on the ball. I like making my opponent move laterally side to side. So I didn't end up playing uh, playing singles. I didn't get in quick enough, but Irene played it. Um, the other thing that she said about it was the way they did it for the tournament. Now, this was the first time ever that skinny singles was in a sanctioned tournament. So her opinion on it was they did a bracket system, um, double elimination. So basically, and then they did, and it was one game to 21 instead of a best two out of three games to 11. So... You played one game to 21, then if you lost, you were playing one game to 15. So Irene played her first game. It was really competitive uh, versus a player she had played against before in regular singles. Lost that one, 21-19. Then went on to the B side of the bracket and ended up playing the lady who ended up going all the way to the finals and winning gold. And um, she didn't play her best game that one. She lost by a pretty hefty score. Um, so uh, we were asked after the... Uh, the women's singles were over. How do we think about it? And Irene, uh, what Irene brought up because it was the first time for her and all the other women playing this one was that uh, it would have been better to do a round robin format. So that way everyone gets multiple games and can kind of get used to how 
the difference between skinny singles and regular singles is played. And then you go into like the metal rounds and stuff like that. And it would even out. The best example I can use for this is in Irene's bracket, you had from last year, if we're talking Alberta provincials, you had the gold medalists. Um, you had the silver medalist, and then you had Irene, who was the bronze medalist. Between the three of them, only one person finished on the podium, and that was the silver me uh, medalist who ended up getting silver in this. But the gold medalist and Irene didn't even make it to the podium. So it just shows how much it negates a lot of the athleticism um, and stuff in the skinny singles. Because Irene is a very athletic player. She does her jumping slams, and uh, when you don't have to move the full court to try and um, get one of her slams and it's just coming pretty much straight at you. It's a lot easier to return. So it negated a lot of the advantages Irene has over the other players. So um, like I said, it's still a great aspect of pickleball, but for me personally and for Irene personally, um, if we see it on another term, we probably won't sign up for that. We'll go into regular singles because we're still fairly young and, um, very mobile. So I prefer that for myself. And Irene has also said that she prefers that as well. So, but it was still very interesting to see, um, the men's ones coming up tomorrow or not tomorrow, sorry, on uh, Sunday while, when Irene's doing her double. So we have a buddy from our club, Chris, who will be playing in that. So we'll, uh, take a peek on, see how that goes. And then, yeah, for me and Cam, um, like I said, it's really tough when you're playing with a partner that you don't get to see all the time. Cause you know, each of us has grown since the last time we've played together. We've improved. We react different to situations than what we did before last time we played together. But it was nice. We, like I said, it took us about two and a half games. But then we really started to sync up. And then we found our flow. And we were moving really well and pulled out the bronze. I'll take a podium finish any day of the week. So props to that one. We'll see how the next day goes. And stay tuned. All right, we are back day two at the Parkland Pickleheads season opener tournament. Me and Irene are going to be starting the 4.0 mixed doubles for this uh, for this one. Uh, this will be our first time playing in a 4.0 against uh, some of these uh, higher quality teams. I've noticed uh, looking at the uh, at the teams, there's a lot of these teams that are ranked pretty high in the 4.0 division. So we got to have our work cut out for us today, but hopefully we can uh, pull it out and. Uh, have a podium finish. All right, we'll update you later on. Wow. Yeah, quick hands for a big man. All right, we have, sorry, I'm out of breath here. We have the medal rounds coming up. Um, Irene and I started the day with a really good tough win against uh, the team of Lex, uh, Lester and Alexis. That game was a 15, I think 12 or 13 game. Uh, really tough game, we played really well. After that, we played against the two teams that are gonna be going for gold. Um, the first game we laid a bit of a dud. Uh, we didn't sink very well. We uh, lost 15 to two uh, against the first place team going in. Uh, then the next uh, team we played is, going, is the second place team in the round robin. They're gonna be going for gold against the other team. That one we played pretty well to start. It was like nine. It was like nine nine at one point, but then the other team pulled away, and I think we lost like fifteen nine or fifteen ten. The third game we probably should have won. Same thing. It was about nine nine, and then we just kind of lost focus and uh, ended up losing that one fifteen nine or fifteen ten. Um, 
I was definitely vis visibly frustrated after that one. Um, but uh, had a really good pep talk from uh, Alberta Pickwall President uh, Kirk Jansen came over and uh, gave me a little pep talk of how to mentally approach uh, playing some higher players here. So uh, uh, big thanks to Kirk for that. Uh, really uh, helped settle us down. Uh, then we played the team that was in third place and we needed to win to force this uh, this bronze medal game coming up. Uh, it was some team TC and Sarah and uh, really tough fought game. Uh, really good rallies. We ended up winning that one 17-15, like super, super close. We were down 14-10 at one point, managed to fight our way back into it. So we got the bronze medal game coming up really quick here and we'll let you know at the, on the day two recap how we did. All right, stay tuned. All right, day two. Well, that was a uh, a tough go for uh, or a tough day for uh, me and Irene. I'm not uh, bad wise, but just physically wise. Uh, wow, did we have some really good games that we played in our very first game of the day uh, versus uh, Lester, who we've played against before, and his partner Alexis. That um that one was a uh, marathon of a match. We ended up pulling that one out, uh, fifteen to twelve. Or 15 to 11, I can't remember which, but um, started off the day with a really good match right off the hop. Then we ended up playing the team that ended up getting gold. Um, we laid a bit of a dud in that one, uh, didn't play super great. And then uh, the next two games we played definitely were winnable games. We were like 9 9, 8 7 uh, going into the second half of the single games to 15, and then each time we kind of just let the game get away from us. Uh, weren't 100% focused mentally. We weren't flowing together like we usually do. Um, I know after the um, our second last game we lost, um, I was pretty frustrated. Um, thankfully, the um, Pickleball Alberta uh, president, Kirk uh, Jensen, came over and um, gave me a bit of a pep talk, uh, which uh, was really nice of him. Um, thank you, Kirk, for that. and. Um, me and Irene kind of sat down, had a quick uh, little uh, talk about what we need to do to fix our situation because we need we knew we needed to win our last game to guarantee ourselves a chance at the bronze medal. Which, oh, by the way, we got bronze, so sweet. Um, our first time playing in a fully sanctioned 4.0 against a lot of high-ranked or higher-ranked teams, and we got onto the podium, so that's great. So... Going into that last round round match, we knew we needed to win to lock up um, a top four spot to get into the medal round. So we were playing the team we uh, would end up playing in the bronze, um, TC and Sarah, who we've played before. Um, it was a very competitive game, super close. We actually got down, I think it was 14 to 10. And we managed to storm our way back, tie it at 14-14, then end up pulling out a 17-15 victory. Um, there were still little mistakes that we made throughout the game. We still weren't flowing perfect, but we were resilient and fought our way through and guaranteed our spot in that bronze. And then the bronze medal game, we were locked in really, really well. We ended up winning that one 15 to, I think, four or five Um we just uh, locked it in, played our game the way we were, the way we wanted to play, uh, making our dinks, making our shots, playing off each other really well, not getting too high, not getting too low. Um, by far, our by far our best game of the tournament was that bronze medal game. So 
super excited that we uh, managed to pull that out. Um, and it was uh, really uh, the advice that uh, Kurt gave uh, gave gave us midway through there was now that we're playing at this higher level, um, shots that you would normally it would normally be a finishing shot in like say three point five or three point zero or even when we're playing pickup at our club. He said the way to not get frustrated was always assume it's coming back, which uh, for for those of you who don't consistently play pickleball, um, think about like say if the team pops it up, you slam it down, and normally when you play, when you slam it, it's per- that's the end of the point or that's the end of the rally. You've got it down. Well, the higher you get, the quicker people's reaction times are or they're reading the play, they're getting into position to return that shot. So you, as soon as you hit that ball, you have to be ready for it to be coming back at you. And I found as soon as we got into that mindset, we were prepared for shots coming back, for the rallies being longer, for the rallies being more intense, for sometimes being on the defensive, then moving back into the offensive on the rally. So just switching the mindset to that and not letting yourself get frustrated worked out really really well for us so i highly recommend that once again thank you to kurt for that piece of advice uh he plays at like a 4.5 and uh great ambassador for the sport of pickleball um so big thank you to kirk for that i'm super stoked that i managed to help irene stay uh, consistent with podium finishes um after she was uh disappointed from yesterday with the um with her outcome in the skinny single. So pulled out the bronze. So we're super stoked about that. And like I said, these were some of the better teams we've played um, at this level in a, in a, in a bit, like every, every game was a battle. There was no easy win there whatsoever. So uh, props to all the other teams. Cause that was really great competition. Um, really made us see different uh, aspects of play styles. So, Looking forward to tomorrow. I get to sit back and relax and watch uh, Irene and Maya go at it and see if they can keep their streak of continuous uh, gold medals going. All right. See you tomorrow. All right, everybody. It's day three. We got Irene and Maya in the women's doubles 4.0. I do not have men's uh, skinny singles. I didn't uh, sign up quick enough to get in, but uh, honestly, my legs are killing me from yesterday's uh, mixed events, so I'm happy I'm not in. So... They got their uh, first game coming up pretty quickly in the 4.0, and they're against uh, a pair of ladies that me and Irene actually played against in mixed doubles yesterday, and so these ladies got some pretty good hands, so we'll see how it goes. I'll update you uh, closer to the middle round. Let's go. So we're coming up to the uh, medal rounds now for Irene and Mai. Uh, they placed second in the uh, round robin. The uh, first place team went undefeated, but Irene and Mai gave them a pretty good scare. That game went uh, 15 to 12, final score. Um, Irene and Mai uh, started uh, the day off a little sloppy with their first game, but they pulled out the win and then uh, pretty much uh, rolled pretty well through all the other teams with the exception of the team that play, uh, finished first. So, they get a rematch um, at a shot at redemption. So uh, and that's going to be a best two out of three series, games to 11. So we'll see how that goes, and we'll uh, update you at the end of the day. Here we go.
Wow. That was an amazing match to watch. Um, Irene and Mai were down 10 to 4 in that first set, and they came back and won 13 to 11. Then they went on to win 11 4 in the second set to win the best two out of three series to bring home the gold. So they keep up their winning ways. They have not placed anything less than gold in all the tournaments they've played together in. This was an amazing match to watch. They had a very tough opponent. This opponent beat them in the round robin. And the show of resilience from the two of them being down 10 to 4, they could have easily just packed that set in and then tried to come back in the second and then force a third set. But they rallied behind each other. They pushed and managed to tie it up 10-10, go up 11-10. It got tied 11-11 and then finish it off with a 13 to an 11 win. That was such a good match to watch. So stay tuned um, on our YouTube channel. That's AG Squared Pickleball. I'm going to be posting that entire that match in its entirety just because it was such a good match. If you want to see some high-level uh, female doubles um, with the, the dink shots, the power drives from both teams in that, it was a masterclass of a match, especially that first set with the the, first, the the team they were playing got out into that big lead. So you saw them playing really, really well. And then Irene and Mai just grind it out to get back into that game and then pull out the win to, um, to get, get to it. So that's probably the first real test that Irene and Mai have had as far as, um, if you want to go with the term being punched in the mouth and tasting your own blood uh, metaphor, they tasted that blood, They that adrenaline started pumping, and then they just responded in kind and played awesome. A lot of teams could have folded under that pressure being down 10 to 4, but uh, they really pulled it out. That was, like I said, an awesome match. The crowd was uh, The crowd was really into it. There was lots of people watching that one. So like I said, I'm going to post that match in its entirety on our YouTube channel if you want to watch it and just see how well they played together, how good of a match that was. I was sweating bullets watching that match, jumping up and down. I was yelling and cheering. So um, kudos to Irene and Mai once again, pulling out a gold. So me and Irene are finishing the weekend with uh, two bronze for me, a bronze and a gold for Irene. So successful tournament for us all around. Got a long drive home now, so I'll catch up with you guys a couple days with the full tournament recap. Wow, still sweating after that match. Potential gold medal point. All right, it's been a couple of days now, so full recap of the season opener in Spruce Grove. So first of all, huge shout out to all the volunteers that were there. It was a really well-run uh, tournament. Uh, not a lot of computer glitches. Um, not a lot of super waiting around, uh, except for like that one time in uh, my double men's doubles where there was the injury, and so they had to uh, switch the format around. But uh, that's an unforeseen thing. But other than that, it was flowing smooth. Games were running good. There was really, really good competition all over the place. There was so many games that were like felt like marathon games. Um, Big shout out to uh, members from uh, Mighty Peace here in Peace River. We had uh, Nicole and Chris both uh, medal in uh, different events. Uh, 
uh, Aaron, Nicole's partner, also uh, with Nicole in the women's doubles, um, medaled. Uh, we had, I think, uh, from our club, from our tiny little club, eight medals in total. So that's a huge uh, accomplishment for the club here in Peace River. Um, our neighbors in Grand Prairie, I think, pulled out 12 medals. So big shout out to them. So for the two tiny clubs up in the northern Alberta, we did pretty well. Um, and then, yeah, so as far as the uh, tournament itself, uh, like I said, the only uh, kind of, I don't even want to call it negative, it's more of a learning point, was for the skinny singles. It was the first time ever running a skinny singles event. And uh, like I said in the day one recap, um, probably would have been better f just to do to do a round robin format, just so everyone got some extra games and so everyone could kind of adjust to how the game was played. Um, other than that, uh, the competition looked really well. There was a lot of games that, uh, lasted a really long time and, uh, the games themselves were still exciting to watch. Like I said, for me personally to play, I prefer regular singles, but skinny singles definitely has a spot in pickleball. Like I said, an easy spot to stick in would be 55 plus, but if a tournament has enough courts, to run both a skinny and a regular singles event, I would see no problem with doing that because you'd have you'd be able to get more people signed up. If anything, it's going to just bring in more players. So, um, props to that. Uh, every game was officiated, so big kudos to all the officials that came out. Um, pickleball still doesn't pay the officials a lot because we're still kind of what you'd call a grassroots sport. So big shout out because they're basically volunteers. Um, there's a lot of them who play one day, um, such as Richard from our club who will play one day or even play in the morning and then ref in the afternoon. So big shout out to all the refs who do that. Um, so once again, with all with it, every game being refed, you don't have to worry about uh, issues with line calls and stuff like that because there's always the official to talk to. The official calls out the score, so you don't have to worry about forgetting the score. You can ask the official if you're in the right spot. So I love tournaments where there's officials for everything just because it's one less thing to worry about. You have the official there doing the score. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. You just can focus on your game and your strategy. The weather was great. Uh, in a few of the afternoons, it got a little bit windy, but not to where I would say it was even horrible weather. It was just little gusts here and there, and then you just had to adjust to how you play. And uh, sun was shining the entire time. There was no rain, no nothing like that. Uh, the courts were uh, great there. Um, I'd really love to see Spruce Grove if uh, they could get like four more courts because right now they have 12. And if they got four more to get that 16, it would just make it so much easier for them to uh, host a big tournament because I think we had if not 300 at this tournament, it was in the high 200s. And usually for Western regionals and nationals and provincials and stuff, you're looking up above like 400 um, players playing. So obviously you would need the extra courts. Like realistically, 20 is the uh, 20 or 21 is like the ideal number for tournaments like that. But if they could get 16, you'd definitely be able to pull it out if you extended uh, the uh, tournament by like a day or two type of thing. Because I know like, for example, nationals is like a five day event. Provincials at a lot of times are like a uh, two to three or a three to four day event. So with four more courts, they'd be able to lock it up and it would just be another great spot to host a tournament right now. Um, 
like I said, big shout out to the Parkland Pickleheads for uh, putting on a great tournament. I probably give this tournament, I'd say, like, I don't want to say 10 out of 10 because it feels too easy. Um, but I would say like a good 8.5, almost a 9 out of 10. Um, like I said, the only little thing that I had at all with the tournament was, like I said, for the skinny singles. And like I said, this is learning experience. This is the first time skinny singles has ever been run was the uh, doing a round robin format instead of the bracket, just so everyone can kind of get used to the game style. Um, like I said, great, great volunteers. Every game was officiated. The competition was outstanding at this tournament. Um, like me, no matter uh, what division me and Irene were playing in, whether it was me and the doubles with Cam, her and my playing or our mixed. The games were always good. There was never, with the exception of like myself who played bad in like one or two games where we got sort of blown out, there was never really a blowout game. All the games seemed winnable. They all seemed close. They were all super competitive. And then when if you if you watched the uh, the higher level ones like the four point fives and the opens, geez, one of one of those games went on for almost an hour and a half. Like it was so close. It was so competitive. It was just great pickleball to watch. Um, I know uh, the Alberta Pickle, uh, the Pickleball Alberta YouTube channel has quite a few of those games on there if you want to catch some of those. So shout out to them for recording some of those. Um, me and Irene's uh, bronze medal game is on our YouTube channel now. It's uh, so AG Squared Pickleball. So our bronze medal game is on there, and so is Irene and Mai's uh, gold medal game. And if, you, if you're going to pick one or the other, watch the gold medal game because that game was amazing to watch. You can hear me screaming in the background uh, behind the camera just because I was getting so excited just because every point was was great. So, yeah, so like I said, big shout out to Park uh, Parkland Pickleheads for hosting that tournament. They did a great job. Definitely want to go back next year. I know they're hosting another one midway through the summer. We haven't signed up for that just because of possible CNPL implications. So more than likely, we're going to miss out on the uh the sign up time for that because it's in i think the end of july but if you're available to go to that definitely sign up right away and head down head to that just because they put on a great tournament so props to them and uh yeah can't wait for the next one so now to go over a little bit of controversy that came out from the pro pickleball tour in the states over the uh, past week so riley newman uh, I think he's in like the top 10 for uh, for men's players, stated that he will no longer be tapping paddles between sets. Now, for those of you who are unaware, um, in pickleball, when you're playing best two out of three or best three out of five, whichever, after each set, it's customary for players to meet at the net, tap paddles in acknowledgement of each other's uh, game, head to their designated area before switching sides to proceed with the net set they also meet at the end of the game shake hands and all that stuff so riley newman put out a statement and that statement reads after much thought consideration and admiration for the great game of pickleball i have personally decided that going forward i will forgo the tapping of paddles after each game I know this will be off-putting for some, but I believe this will help elevate the optics of pro pickleball. In addition to that, I also think it's a silly thing to do. In no other sport do you see opponents come together in the middle of a game or middle of competition and say, good job. 
They wait until the competition is over and then do that, which is exactly what I will be doing as well. I would love to know your thoughts on this, whether you play professionally or not. Do you agree or disagree? So that's Riley Newman's thought process on, or at least what he's saying is his thought process on it. Another pro player on the women's side, Leah Jansen, did this in a tournament a couple weeks back without informing anybody that she was going to do it and obviously received huge backlash because it came across as very unsportsmanlike. She just didn't go and tap paddles, didn't say tell anyone she was doing it, so just left her opponent standing there at the net waiting to tap paddles. Now, from my own personal point of view of this, um, using the competitors don't acknowledge or say good game in uh, to other players in other pro sports. Um, clearly, you, he uh, Riley Newman doesn't watch basketball or tennis or anything like that. They may not go and like shake hands, but they are constantly talking, constantly acknowledging the other players' play. If you watched tennis, anytime another player makes a good shot, someone raises their paddle, or they have a good rally, they tap. They tap their. Uh, rackets and acknowledgement of a job well done if you watch basketball especially players are constantly talking to each other especially if it's two star players you'll see them laughing and chuckling back and forth if they get one up on the other if you want a really good example of this uh go on youtube and type in kobe versus jordan highlights and they're chatting the entire time kobe will make kobe would make a move score on jordan jordan would laugh give him a tap on the butt vice versa if it happens that way so the it doesn't happen in other pro sports line doesn't really work for me as someone who watches a lot of different sports um another example for uh, uh a good one is hockey um if you want a really good example a couple year a uh, couple uh seasons ago washington capitals versus the montreal canadians alexander ovechkin who's the big star in the capitals um the goalie for montreal was Carey price Ovechkin fires a rocket of a slap shot, and Carey Price makes an incredible glove save. Ovechkin actually clapped his glove together in applaud and went over and tapped Carey Price on the pads for making such a good save. So good players recognize other good, good plays from other players. So I don't see how that's a valid point. Saying it's silly or that it detracts from the game in comparison to other pro sports Pickleball is its own thing. Like, you don't want to be too much like tennis. We already get compared to tennis enough as it is. So having this little thing, like, if you're going to want to change some things with pickleball to make it more, seem more pro-worthy or whatever, I don't think this is the hill to die on. Like, geez, uh, pull pull something that tennis does and get, like, uh, a, a sensor or something in the ball so that on line calls you don't have to worry about whether the player thought it was in or out. You can do what tennis does. They immediately challenge, and they have the tracking system, which literally shows whether the ball touched the line or was in or out, and they have that down to like 10 seconds after a player challenges it. So if you want pro pickleball to seem more legit, I'd focus more on issues like that, issues with refing, refs getting paid more, stuff like that. Like I'd focus way more on that type of stuff to elevate pickleball especially if you're talking at the pro level than worrying about tapping paddles to me it also just seems like a dickish move like it seems more so you're trying to play mind games with your opponents um and to see what the number one male and female player th thought about it now that the weekend is over and they did to that tournament 
Uh, Johnson, Waters, and Mixed played against Newman and his partner. Newman didn't tap paddles, so Waters ran around to the other side and tapped paddles with Johnson. They were laughing about it. So I could see if there was way more players complaining about this being an issue to address it, but players are complaining more about delaminated paddles, line calls, stuff like that, like stuff that actually affects the outcome of the game. Like, I don't, I don't care how competitive a game it is. Just to walk over and tap a paddle really quick to me does not seem like a big issue. And like I said, if that's the if that's the thing you want to die on to try and elevate the game, I think your priorities are in the wrong spot. Newman also does trash talk, just like a lot of other pros do. So, like I said, in my head, I think it's more so just a way to try and get in the opponent's head. Um, if you're having a competitive game, walking over and tapping a paddle for me is not going to diminish the amount of competitiveness you're going to be experiencing. So that's my thought process on that. Um, let me let me know what you guys think on that, whether uh, to tap paddles or not tap paddles in between sets. Um, and yeah, we'll move on to the uh, CNPL news. All right, so quick update on CNPL stuff. So uh, next weekend, me and Irene will be heading down to Vernon to com- uh, compete in the uh, West Qualifier. Or I'll be competing in the playing qualifier. Irene is already in the draft qualifier, so hopefully I can get into the Sunday with her. Now, while we were at the season opener, the East qualifier in Ottawa was going on, so we got to see some uh, footage from that, both um, posted by CMPL and a bunch of the players that were competing. They did; they were streaming live games. I can't remember the name of the company's YouTube channel that it was on, but you can uh, check on the CMPL uh, socials, and they'll have it there, and the videos probably will still be up there. The neat thing was with a bunch of the players posting on Instagram and such, and then CNPL reposting those, we got a sneak peek at some of the stuff at the skills combine. So there's um, a ladder drill, which we'll be working on. They'll be looking at foot speed by the looks of it. Uh, And for those of you that are familiar uh, from volleyball and basketball backgrounds, there's a uh, shuffle movement drill that they were showing. And then there's also looks like they have a radar hooked up to check speed of serve by the looks of it, just from the quick video that was posted. So, those are three of the things it looks like they're going to be looking at. Also, uh, the um, the action shots and stuff that Irene will get to do, uh, that looks really cool. They had a bunch of green screens and cameras set up for that. So uh, that looks really neat. I hope she enjoys that on the uh, Saturday while we're there. I'll be busy doing the uh, play-in tournament, so I, by the looks of it, I won't be doing that. But uh, still cool regardless. Um, so uh, the format that they're using is a uh, we're going to be doing um rally scoring so games are going to either be to 15 or 21 depending on time and that rally scoring means you can score whether you're serving or not normally in pickleball you can only score when you're serving and games are to 11 but in rally scoring regardless of who's serving the team that wins the uh the rally wins the point so i'll just read their point form here so rally scoring format points are scored on every rally regardless of the team serving games are to 15 or the possibility of 21, depending on time. You win by two points, you can lose on your serve. So, for example, if you are down 13 to 14 and you're serving and you put it out or put it into the net, the other team wins. There's no there's no lose serve and then they get to go. Now, here's an interesting piece. Players will be designated as even or odd based on the side of their on the side of the court. So even players will be playing on the right, odd players will be be playing on left so that means when you score a point you don't switch sides 
you'll be playing on the right the entire time unless you call a timeout and you switch that way. Now, obviously, mid-rally, if players switch on the fly, they can do that. But uh, it looks like they're trying to see how well players perform on either side of the court because obviously once you get up into higher levels, teams tend to stack more. So I think that's what they're looking at with this. Um, after timeouts, the refs will double-check double, double check to make sure you're staying on the sides you're assigned to or if you're switching for the games that have refs. Uh, you switch ends at 8. Now, if we're playing to 21, you switch on 11. And then if a player starts a point on the wrong um, on the wrong side, the rally gets replayed. So it's not like, oh, that's a fault, you lose a point. They just replay the rally. So that sounds super interesting. I uh, can't wait to try that out. It'll be, it'll be interesting staying on the one side because the only time I've ever really stacked was the one tournament I played with Richard, and Richard's a lefty, so I was on the left side the entire time. So it'll be interesting if uh, I get a because um, prob we'll probably get a sign because I think we're playing about 15 games each, so you'll probably get just about six and seven um, one, um, on each side. So that'll be interesting to play, um, play a full game like that. Uh, obviously, it's going to be really high competition, so I'm looking forward to that. The other announcement that CNPL posted that weekend was they're officially partnering with Duper. Now, what Duper is, is Duper is another um, rating and scoring system for Pickleball. So very similar to Pickleball Brackets, which is what Pickleball Canada uses for all their sanctioned tournaments. Duper is um, similar to that. The difference with Duper is Duper does every point scored or against affects your rating right away so the whole point of that is you really want to you know score as many points as possible even if you lose because every point you score helps your uh, percentage now there's positives and negatives to both duper and pickleball brackets we won't get into them into the into them today uh that'll probably be a spot on um, an upcoming episode where we compare brackets and duper and kind of see which ones we prefer. Now, I haven't played any matches under the Duper thing yet, so this tournament will be my first time experiencing Duper. So um, after this coming uh, weekend, I'll be able to give a better personal analysis of both. I've played pickleball brackets now for under pickleball brackets stuff now for like three years, so I have lots of experience with the positive negatives with that. But this will be my first time playing with Duper. So like I said, it's more so just a scoring system and um and a ranking system so it'll be interesting to see how that goes so uh next week me and irene will be in vernon i will be posting uh quick updates on the our instagram page um and possibly on our youtube page so that's gorms 1307 for instagram and ag squared pickleball for youtube don't forget to check out the uh full games uh we posted for me and irene's bronze and irene and Maya's gold medal match on the YouTube channel, but I'm going to try to get a few more video updates for that to kind of show what's, uh, what the, what, you know, what the whole experience looks like there, the behind the scenes stuff. So keep an eye out for that. And then I'll do the same thing I did for uh, this podcast. I'll do a full single day update, uh, for Saturday, a full update for Sunday. And then a couple days later, I'll do the full event recap. So stay tuned. So we're getting two podcasts this month of June and I'll see you guys next time. That. What a way to end it with an overhead smash, and not just an overhead smash, but a jumping overhead smash by Irene. So Irene and Andrew from East River, Alberta.
medalists.